It is early spring in West Taikon. The verdant mountain range spanning the continent's western seaboard looks especially lush in the pale dawn light. The evidence of recently departed rainstorms gleans brightly on the region's dense forests. We see a wide road, nearly empty but for the occasional hauler, its gray and thoroughly fissured length in desperate need of maintenance. We see the husk of a factory town amidst wooded hills, its cement buildings long since cracked open by hungry arbor, and its once vibrantly colored scaffolds and catwalks reduced to rust in the decades that passed since people last used them. We see, atop a hill, amidst a wide clearing in this forest, an oblong obelisk settled uncomfortably on rain-slick wild grass. As the camera draws closer, we see the object, a ship, more clearly. Its landing gear splayed awkwardly on uneven ground, its gun batteries looking back and forth warily, its black and yellow striped paint job marred by scratches and burns and bullet holes. Around it, three titanic wrecks, the blasted remains of mechs with matching silver and blue regalia. Hi, welcome to Big Gay Nerds Play Beam Saber. Yeah. Uh, I'm... I am G- your GM, Saturn, they, them pronouns. You can find me at Celestial Mecca on Twitter. And joining me today, uh, if you'll give me your name and uh, character, we've got Fern. Hey, everyone. This My my name is Fern. My pronouns are uh, he, they pronouns. And I uh, am playing Giuseppe, who uses he, him pronouns and is a empath. Levi. Hello, I am Levi, they, them pronouns. I'm playing uh, Gabrielle Asmodeus, uh, call sign Stiletto, uh, the envoy. Oh, she, her pronouns. Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah, she, her. I'm playing Arabella Steranok, the ace, call sign Red, uh, who is also she, her pronouns. And last but not least, Owen. Hi, I'm Owen, founder and editor of Big Gay Nerds. I am playing Captain Pfeffer, Boss Humboldt. Yes. Um, oh, uh, he is he, him, as mm. well as I am, um, and is also the officer playbook. Radical. So uh, I think we get like a brief scene to start. Uh, it's your CO, your handler, uh, Barrier Brass, who for uh, anyone who hasn't gotten the chance to listen to the patreon origins episode Uh Uh Um, she is an orc uh short petite figure very athletic kind of tan skin uh i'd say facial expression that generally reads kind of like makima from chainsaw man a bit very uh always has a kind of polite smile and these very unreadable eyes and she's like sitting at a uh command desk of some kind probably the uh, blue lights of screens kind of illuminating her and blowing out all the rest of the color in the shot and she's giving the mission briefing uh where did i put it here uh she goes at approximately 0100 hours a dragon teeth airship signaled an emergency landing in the rust valley 350 miles northwest of rfob royal blue frontliner squadron morning glory made first contact an attempt was made to move in on the grounded vessel, but Morning Glory was repelled. The Dragon Teeth vessel, its crew ID'd as the Honeybees, managed to take three Morning Glory pilots hostage and are demanding safe passage in exchange for the pilots' lives. The Royal Blue Consulate Squadron, the Forget-Me-Nots, that's you guys, 
are being sourced to handle negotiations. Your main objective, obviously, is to recover these pilots. But this is a good opportunity for us to make a flashy debut. So I'm going to hope you make things flashy. And then we cut uh, the camera cuts to uh, where I'm dragging your vision to. Mission one. Yes. Designation, cross-pollination. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> the, <clears throat> the image here, uh, which Gosh. will go up with the show, but for the listening-only audience, it's about a 10-kilometer by 10-kilometer square in dark forests, uh, kind of roughly positioned in the middle. There's a big, clear hill, and a big, old, boxy-looking ship uh, mm-hmm. has kind of crash-landed, perched on top of it, left leaving a trail of destruction in its wake. Mm-hmm. Um about four kilometers to the west of that is a... Actually, I'll just go over the, the little tactical points while we're here. So the ship, that's Point Orbweaver. That is just their ship. Mm-hmm. It is surrounded by several kilometers of wide open grass. Um, about four kilometers to the uh, west of that is Point Roach. Uh, this is a small, mostly intact, abandoned factory town that uh, Morning Glory currently is positioned at, uh, trying to figure out the situation they're in. Uh, six or seven kilometers south of there is Skeetohawk, which is, or Point Skeetohawk rather, which is a uh, tall uh, kind of refinery like a refinery tower that's been abandoned that mm-hmm. is like the only point on this map that it actually has like height over where the crash ship is. Mm. And then uh, about six kilometers to back towards the west of there, kind of making a square with all these points is point termite, which is another, which is sort of a abandoned warehouse district that the ship tore through on its way to its crash landing. Um, and so what I'll ask before we get into the action proper is, depending on your, like, you know, initial uh, thoughts about how you would think would be wise to handle this, uh, where are you individually going to be positioning yourselves? Hmm. Okay, so I had a thing in mind. Um, What's the thing you had in mind? Okay, um, is it... Now, we, we're, we've been doing kind of abstract. Is it okay if I, like get into character here or would you yeah, rather absolutely I... all right so um i should have actually written this down because i had been thinking about it all right here's my proposal we approach in our vehicles from all directions however i will make contact with them and we will bring them to a stop wherever they request of us we're not going to push it at the start. At that point, I, Stiletto, and Golden Boy will disembark and head forward to begin negotiations. Red, you have the fastest mech here. I am proposing that you patrol the perimeter, make sure that there are no third parties incoming, and also, if things get hot, you'll be able to come in from whatever position you are in. Sounds good to me. I like the order to be flashy. And All right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to assume y'all are cool with that and are doing that, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you get about, uh, let's call it a single kilometer out. A uh, little, uh, yeah, about a kilometer. Uh, and the uh, you get open, open signal comms. 
uh, from a woman who you don't recognize, but presume has some authority in the ship. Uh, she's a kind of, uh, uh, as far as you can tell, human woman with like dark, uh, dark skin and like some, and her uh, like hair pulled into space buns a little bit. Mm. Uh, very tired looking, and she's a, and she's like that far, no further. All if you right. want to talk, you're going to get out of those machines, and you're going to come talk. Hey, what's the vibe I get? <laughs> the vibe you get? <laughs> if I could see your face, what? can I, Can I like, into, how, how are we going to roleplay, like, the empath part of me being an empath? Is it going to okay, be, like... Okay, so, <laughs> so, are you specifically trying to invoke your, uh, te- your telepathy? Um. Or are you just trying to do a different like? Yeah. Because I think I think part of it is like, in these kind of broad comms, like it's you don't get you get like some of a read, like you can read emotional state mm-hmm. really clearly, and like I don't know, I think it's reasonable to say that like she is very tired, very stressed, very wary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also like a thing that someone who's trained to read faces and voices could also probably pick up. Mm-hmm. It's a thing where you're better off okay. uh, with closer communication. Okay, got it. I just wanted to know, like, like if, like, how how far the current vibe check is. Okay, got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So what's what's the move here now? That she's she's ordered you to uh, approach Ooh. on foot for the rest of the way. Okay. Um, well, for starters, uh, I need to just quickly disclose that, like, due to, uh, its size, whenever I, like, disembark from the Kraken, it has to, like, get down on one knee, and it's got some- Yeah, and this isn't something- like, this is something that's, like, an automated, like, sequence that I, like, push one button, and it does, but, like, it gets on one knee and, like, brings an arm up to, like- the face so I can exit the cockpit and have it lower me down. Very cool. Rad. So So I I guess since you're showing off the cockpit in this scene, like we've kind of gone over in episode zero, like what the Kraken looks like and what uh, Pfeffer looks like, or I guess what boss looks like since we're in mission. Uh, But what does like the cockpit of the Kraken look like? Like as you're stepping out of it. So it is like, like the Kraken is a big ship and the cockpit is also big, but is not like, big to the point where it could fit more than like one person in there comfortably because there's so much like stuff like Mm -hmm. i picture like there is like a big like there's like a big seat that is honestly like not not necessarily very like high tech looking it is like like a leather seat um that is in this like sort of circular compartment and like every surface of this compartment has got like uh levers and dials and um like readout screens there's sort of this weird mix of technology levels because it's been like it's so old but it's been updated so often so there's like as i said in our chat once it's got one of those like big levers that steamships have that come with like the little dial of like how fast like how fast the speed is yeah and you actually have to like dial that to set how fast the thing's moving so you don't have like your control is always a little bit tanky i like i idea i had i like the idea there's a single like very modern convenience and it's that the chair has like a very rudimentary like uh brainwave reader situation on it so it will automatically adjust depending on what uh, <laughs> uh part of the controls you're trying to interact with like it'll crane forward a little bit if you're trying to get to the front screen or whatever <laughs> that's cool 
Yeah, it makes uh, sense. So yeah, so um, you're stepping out. Um, presumably, Gabrielle and uh, and or excuse me, let's stick with the the code names, please. Uh, Stiletto <laughs> and Golden Boy, also. Yes. Presumably. Well, I mean, if that's the order, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. If, if that's the order, then yep. Uh, my. Do you want to describe for me the same, like the kind of one over of what your cockpits look like as you're exiting them, or your disengagement, like whatever that looks like for the max? Sure. Okay. So, uh, Blue Dahlia will uh, sort of stand up straight, knees together, and then sort of like uh, sit down, sort of like knees down on the ground, feet behind mm. her, like wow. hands on her knees. Dainty. Oh, She's perfect. Such a dainty yeah. lady. Oh, like <laughs> Just... well, it's a, a medium load lady mech. But yeah. <laughs> Still, just a dainty little yeah. lady. <laughs> Yeah, so I figure uh, Gabrielle inside. Um, I'm trying to think of what a good adverse sort of cockpit is like. I figure there's it's like. It's definitely a, like. There's probably some like cool tech in it because it's all like, yeah. you know, private sector fancy prototypes kind of deal. And yeah. obviously yours had a lot of the cool stuff uh, yeah. stripped out of it after so, you left, but it still has like the basic stuff in it. Yeah, but I think she's got sort of like a. Sort of like a. Comp- she's got like a brainwave reader and a sort of. Um, like a servo motor reader. She's got like a sort of like a Velcro bands around her like elbows and knees. And she's got like gloves that she can perform like a hand motions with to like bring up functions and stuff. So it sort of like moves along with her. So she's got to like, uh, sort of like, like zip off those bands and sort of like climb out of the back and, uh, there's probably, like, something she can hop down on to get down to the ground from there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how about Golden Boy? What's the inside of uh, Abathar look yeah, like? Yeah, so Abathar uh, it has a gyroscoping uh, cockpit that when a person of the psionic abilities that Golden Boy has uh, is in it, they can, like, they can hook up to it and basically uh, they float in the center. There's no chair or anything. Uh, and there's, like, hard light displays that will, like, turn on and turn off as needed and can be moved around the cockpit, but, uh, it's kind of like a holodeck 360 view situation in there. Uh, but when it turns off, uh, there's just three brass rings that make up the gyroscope part of it, um, and a pole kind of in the center, keeping it together. Uh, and a platform on the pole. Um, and so uh, to get out, uh, the the mech is sti- still currently like in balled up, like curled up. Uh, it lowers itself to the ground. Um, that's when the uh, uh, the cockpit would pretty much power down uh, as well. And then um, the. Uh, 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 one of the wings just lifts up and there's like the cockpit, like the side of the cockpit can be seen. It's like a ball and like a hatch. And so it's like, and uh, like the hatch opens, it looks and Giuseppe just like emerges from there and can pretty much hop down on the uh, assorted the yeah, probably parts. pretty, probably pretty low effort for you, yeah. uh, considering <laughs> that it's fairly low to the ground. Yeah. So the three of you begin your uh, mm. kilometer walk over to the orb. We over over to the ship, which is like 
for reference, it's Titanic. Like it is like it is to scale on this map. Basically, it is like oh, an entire Jesus, like a city. Long. Oh man, yeah, okay. it's it it is it is huge, and it is like this big. Even even like it obviously has these like kind of yellow and black stripes that are kind of reminiscent of a honeybee on it, but it has like this shape that is has more in common with like an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. basically, except that it uh, can fly. So it probably has these. Uh, I'm imagining it has these like really big uh, jet engine looking uh, things like kind of on the bottom that are powered down, and some uh, landing gear out that almost is like a like dragonfly legs a little bit like it's mm. just like four points like kind of jutting out and keeping this thing not quite like sunk into the earth mm-hmm. but like basically uh, level with the ground uh so y'all do that um red while right. you're in Vulcanhund, you're not stepping out yep. so what are you going to do in these few in this length of time while uh the rest of them are going to uh meet up um, with uh the thing uh right now actually i think volk is uh, perched on top of uh, Point Skeeto Hawk, just kind of like up on Great. top, just crouched down, hanging out. Keep Bella's, an eye out on things. Yeah, Bella's got music going. She's uh, <laughs> pulling on her gloves and just like kind of hanging out. Her like, AirPods you, are in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say, are you actually like uh, looking around for uh, like points, other points of interest, yeah. or trying to? Uh, Cool. All right. Uh, I mean, do you want to give? Do we want to yeah. just kick things off? You give me a survey. Uh, we'll go ahead and call it. Call it. Uh, I think in your case it would be controlled standard because sure. you're a good. You're a good few kilometers away. You're over seven kilometers away can from I, uh, the ship itself. Can I make an argument for scan? Uh, what's when the... you scan? You discern. You discern the truth around you through your vehicle. Uh. So the idea of using like the scanners oh, yeah. on board of Volk instead. Yeah, I, you definitely could. You cool. definitely could because you're um, in Volk, right? So yeah. definitely. So um, it has been a hot minute, and we used to just kind of let the roller do it for us. Oh <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, <laughs> what, what I'm going to say is, in your situation, mm-hmm. since you're you know out of the way of harm right now, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be a controlled standard. And you are going to, by default, uh, roll one d6 for each action rating, uh, each uh, dot that you have in that action, and then a zero d6 if you have none. But since you opted for scan, I am going to assume. I have, I have one in it, yeah. All right, none cool. So you're survey, going to roll me a one d6 uh, risky or controlled standard, and that's going to be in the gameplay channel. Oh, right. Or or in roll twenty, that's fine no. too. <laughs> <laughs> Not with that I'm roll. A fan of, I'm, I'm a fan of the players, so I will go ahead and let you re-roll that in the Thanks. gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the listeners can discern what just happened. <laughs> For what it's worth, on a controlled, oh, hey, God. that's a better roll. On a controlled, on a controlled circumstance, what you rolled isn't that bad, big of a deal, but that is better. <laughs> so. Uh, while you're doing the scan, is there anything in particular you're looking for, like extraneous heat signatures, yeah. or she's looking for, like you said, extraneous heat signatures, um, movement in the tree line to see if there are any like mechs prowling about that maybe shouldn't be there? Because I know that Morning Glory, you said, is um, they're in Point Roach, right? Yeah, and for what it's worth, you would know that like. There, a lot of the mechs that they sent on this are currently laying strewn about this big open area in the right. middle because they got torn up by this ship when they tried to, you know, 
directly attack it. Mm-hmm. They maybe have like one or two mechs over in Point Roach, but there's three over in like they're like done in this general area. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we're looking for we're looking for stuff that doesn't belong. So odd yeah, heat, signatures, movement, that kind of thing. So let me see. Uh just checking the example things for uh what success and uh, consequences look like so on a five on a controlled standard what does that get you so that's going to be okay there's going to be okay mixed success on a controlled so uh what this is by default is uh like mechanically uh before we get into the fiction of it is that a mixed success on a default is there's a hesitation or a uh, controlled consequence, basically. So mm-hmm. either um, in this situation, you would uh, pull back from doing this scan and do do it something else because you you know I guess have some real some realization that uh, this isn't going to be enough and you have to take a different approach to get the information you want to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there will be a you will you know on this make success you will get uh, some degree of uh, information but there may also be a, a mild consequence associated with it okay um so what's your opinion on that you think like are you going to be trying are you going to uh like just continue with this i feel like i feel like in this situation continuing to scan is probably the reasonable yeah uh, so. thing just because if you just you don't want to waste too much time trying to with other (laughs) dancing around consequence basically right um so what i think happens here is the first thing is we're going to go ahead and kick off a clock uh and that's going to be we'll call it uh area intel let's say Mm -hmm. um and we'll say that while you're uh scanning around you pick up uh, obviously you pick up the two mechs that you were expecting in uh point roach there's uh they're not turned on right now or like they're in idling or whatever um there's a small heat signature that you don't recognize uh in point termite mm. uh it's not like mech sized but it's definitely like it is there is some kind of active uh you know thing there that you don't really know what it is and in the very long range uh there you, there is like you sense there is some active thing, but like very far out, like probably several hundred kilometers, but definitely on approach. Okay. And that's what you get from the scan. And what I'll say is, uh, for the, uh, controlled consequence, uh, for the mixed success, uh, what are our options here? And actually, yeah, I'll say that last part is part of the controlled consequence. So I'm going to mark this area intel by uh, two. So it's at two of six. Uh, and then I'm going to mark a different clock that doesn't have a name right now with one of eight. Yay. Yay. Whoa. So Bell, I guess Red, is uh, going to get on comms and start, you know, lifting Volk up from his, his crouch position on top of Skeeto Hawk. Uh, and gets on comms and says, Hey, boss man, did you, uh, did you call in reinforcements? Nope. I'm going to want you to keep a close tab on that. Intercept if necessary. Hell yeah, I love intercept if necessary. 
<laughs> what I'll say is they are, uh, you, you know they would be coming from, like, the direction of where Point Roach is on this map, but they're a long way out. Like, okay. you won't have to worry about them for a while. Okay. Um, so, um, I think we can cut back to the other group for the moment while, right. uh, Red, uh, considers her next, uh, plan of attack. I think by this point, uh, the three of you are at this big ship and have made your way towards kind of a, uh, uh, let's call it like a loading bay of sorts, like probably like the main one because it would be huge, but like a side one for personnel specifically. And uh, there's a someone in a uniform and well, not like a uniform uniform, like UA, like a crew uniform for this vessel. Mm-hmm. And you can tell because it's some coveralls that are black and yellow striped, like pretty, pretty direct. And they're holding a uh, firearm out. Uh, probably like a rifle of some kind. And they said, all right, we're going to, and they wave you over and, uh, say, we're going to bring you in. We're going to, uh, make sure you're not carrying anything. And then we can talk. (laughs) So what's, uh, y'all's reaction to this? Uh, Um, well, first off. I just realized, especially with the carrying thing, we should probably declare our loads at this point. Yes, you should. I should have had you do that before, uh, but I was really eager to get into it. So, uh, what's your <laughs> pilot loads? Where are the pilot I, loads? I see the mech load. Um, um, it's uh, on. It's over on the right hand side of yeah, the yeah to the right of the mech loads um, because yeah. it's it's the column. It's the white column that has all your pilot gear in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. basically, uh, the as as with blades, uh, a light is a light load is inconspicuous. A medium load is uh, makes it clear that you're here for business, and a heavy load is you are super here for business and also probably a little bit uh, encumbered by uh, your yeah. thing. I'm thinking that medium makes the most sense here. We don't want like people to assume we are about to start shooting them up, but we also don't want to look like pushovers. Um, I think understandable. I think if you uh, if you disregard uh, the guns kisses biceps uh no just kidding <laughs> um, but, uh, i think that i think that giuseppe might be a light load right now just because they're not really a fighting character uh, like, like a yeah. like a, a like a hand combat person they're more of a communicator and i'm seeing it looks like everyone else is going with medium mm-hmm. i'm gonna Maybe. go with medium yeah yeah, okay. okay. Also, I, so are you assenting to this, or are you going to try and, uh, you know? Um, one, well, one last, I just realized, like, should we do an engagement roll before this, or? Uh, I'm not, I didn't, I'm not doing it one for this mission, just because we're oh, getting okay. right into it. Cool. Normally okay. I'd, I'd yeah. there'd have some more, uh, like, you know, uh, preamble, and then be like, alright, we're gonna get there and start, but for the first mission, I think it's best to just start kind of already engaged and i'm just gonna say this is a risky situation in general for anyone who's in the immediate proximity Mm. of this thing yeah um let's see here i think that this is um hmm. i think giuseppe might uh uh, be totally fine with the search but like use the time to possibly do a study and try to uh, figure out the vibe. Really, the question that I'm looking for is uh, how are these people vulnerable, or how is like the person that's in charge of this group of people that's doing the search, how is that person vulnerable? 
Okay. Um. So let me. Bu, 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 um. So you're trying to. You said specifically you're trying to like get a read. How are you like getting a read on this situation? I think like I will like step forward for the search first. Um, mm-hmm. And like, and they don't. They don't find. They. They. I was. I think because you're at light, they probably don't find anything immediately incriminating on you. Yeah. Is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, um, while they they search, like I'm just gonna be like, "Hey, my name's Giuseppe. <laughs> What's yours?" <laughs> uh huh. Um, and the guy who's uh searching you, he uh gives uh he gives a call sign. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. uh, instead of a name, he probably uh he says uh let's say pedal. We're gonna go with pedal. Sure. Uh, he's like. He's like, pedal. And that's all he says, and he continues the search. Okay. Um, yeah. Could I... Um, but, like, mm-hmm. you you can... So, like, what are you... Uh, so, as you're kind of doing this, like, are you asking him any more questions? No, I'm or... pretty much trying to get, his, get like, an idea of his body language and, like, tone of voice and everything. Um, yeah. Um, so, are you... So, like, uh, needle him a little bit for me. Like, try and keep the conversation going, I guess. Hell, huh? <laughs> Where does that come from? It's 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 my my call sign. Yeah, uh, it's I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, my call sign's Golden Boy. How did you get yours? Mine's because I have blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I maybe could have guessed that one. Uh, we, there's 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 just kind of a, a a theme, you know. And he like is uh, kind of deflecting a bit. That, uh, maybe isn't a super fan of the one that he got stuck with. That, uh, <laughs> you can intuit. Um, so yeah, go ahead and uh, give me... You said you were going to do what for this? A, a study? Yeah, so you're kind of uh, talking through. Uh, this is a, a kind of a tense situation, mm-hmm. but uh, something you are you know suited for. I think we can just go ahead and say risky standard here Okay. Uh, for that, and it'll be whatever your study dice is. Okay, so... Eight. Ooh. Ooh. Well, not an eight. You got a six. Oh, got a six. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But I that forgot. Is, <laughs> for a risky standard, that's still an unqualified uh, success there. Um, so you were just trying to get a sense of like vibe, body language, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like um, so I'm really trying to like look for like what is like the vulnerability of like this crew like is there for th- are they hungry yeah. or something like that okay um so we're gonna start a uh we're gonna start a a clock and we're gonna go ahead and call it uh crew or no we're gonna call it honeybees because you're talking about the honeybees and then we're gonna call it honeybees aim Let's say, mm-hmm. or no, not aim. Uh, honeybees, or just literally call it vulnerability. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're gonna say this is a six step uh, as well. I'm going to give you two on that just to begin with, um, because I think between this and between your earlier kind of being hailed <clears throat> by the figure of authority over open comms. You can kind of tell there's a starting to present a running theme, uh, tired, wary, mm. uh, suspicious, on edge. They do not like that they are stuck here. Um, and not just like, oh, this is a pain in the ass. Like they feel vulnerable in a way that they don't usually because they're this thing that they're in 
is an airship. They're right. usually not touched down on the ground, especially not in Tycon-controlled land. Mm. They are very uncomfortable just being here. Um, you actually, you know, I'll even say they're probably uncomfortable with the fact that they're dealing with Royal Blue of everyone else, because Royal Blue is the one that has the uh, no pirate prisoners policy in effect right. for the most part. <laughs> um, so they're oh. probably uh, very uh, upset about the current situation they find themselves in, uh, but are like you can understand probably only willing to negotiate because they need to get a way out of here i I think that's i think that's something that you can intuit based on the combination of like the language that you're getting from them and what you know about the situation okay okay um so i'm going to do uh and yeah that was an unqualified success so you just get that and like there's no consequences or anything from that uh and you are shooed forward probably into like some kind of anteroom or something Mm -hmm. like a uh chamber probably has like a seat or something it's made that's more for like people who are preparing to disembark more than it is for fielding visitors and it's there's no there's like another guard in here just sort of standing around but nothing else yet mm-hmm. um boss and uh stiletto are you also tendering to uh this are you to the because you both yeah. are medium load are you like taking steps to like tr- like have you taken steps to ensure like some of your more uh telling gear is concealed maybe i am going to uh say this um one of my custom gear is a concealed palm pistol so i don't have to worry about that um i i that's the thing like i I, it's when it comes to hypotheticals i'm not sure what i'll I'll say is submitting to this doesn't mean like Oh, uh, I'm gonna have do something to your inventory because you don't declare with Mark right, here. Right, what yeah. I'm going to say is it is going to make it uh, difficult, if not impossible, for you to say like, "Oh, I have a rifle." Like while you're in yeah. this thing, if you consent to it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Gabrielle definitely is trying to hide a blade or two and possibly an unusual weapon. Okay. Well, I was like, you don't, um, you don't like have to like those, but since yeah. you're going for it, like, what, are, what, uh, are you taking specific steps to conceal these but, from them? Like, are you trying to, you know? Yeah, uh, Gabrielle will probably have uh, weapons on her person that are uh, concealed to look like other things, like maybe she, like a brooch pin that is, you know, actually a knife or something. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to give me a uh, finesse, uh, risky standard for smuggling these things in? Absolutely. So that's 1d6. All right. Yeah. In gameplay. Hey! (laughs) Unqualified success. What I'll go ahead and say is that you were able to successfully, they did not detect your smuggled weapons. You have access to them. Whatever they end up being, uh, as long as you can justify it as being a thing that you smuggled in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have any finesse, um, so, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to go along with this, um, and, yeah, I had, to be perfectly honest, I had been thinking about, like, pulling out some, like, negotiating power moves earlier, but then I liked, um, Goldie's, like, idea enough that I'm going to go along with this. However, so we just get led into, like, an empty room, and, like... Yeah, for now, and, like, the guy who, uh, inspected you, you know, you're all in, uh, he, uh... Go, pedal goes and leaves, uh, presumably to go fetch someone. This other guard is just kind of standing here, armed. Um, right for the moment, it's empty, but basically because of what you've all done, 
so what I'll say is for Pfeffer, uh, you just, like, if you are going to try and access the weapon, that isn't, like, your concealed thing. Right. It will be a thing you'd have to maybe justify through, you know, flashback mechanics or whatever else. Because those are still gotcha. in this game. Okay, yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, basically everything that we've done in, in Blades in the Dark, for the most part, is in this game in some form or another. So if there's a thing you're like, hey, I remember we did this. Uh, is this something I can do? Yes. The answer is yes. Um, so we, okay. we, we managed to get everyone in to this uh, negotiating area, and we're going to briefly cut back to Red again. What are yeah. you doing now? Um, Red is... Yeah, she stood, she stood Volk up and just kind of casually steps off the side of, uh, of Skeeto Hawk and is going to, uh, go check out what's going on at, at, uh, Termite. Yeah, and I think while the last scene's happening, we can just say that you have, like, there, there's, like, a cut, like, we see, a Volk, and, like, Volk's, like, 30 feet tall. I think mm-hmm. this this refinery tower is maybe, like, 100 or so feet tall. So less casually stepping off and, like, casually stepping off and then jumping off. And mm-hmm. there's, like, a big, like, boom that shakes the ground a bit and yeah. then going. But I think cool. we get a cut and you're at point termite. Uh, what, I'll, what I'll say is, like, everything on the map is close enough that, like, if you're in a mech, in, it's, like, the span of another scene that you can get from one point to another, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're at Termite, uh, and it, by all appearances, is, you know, a couple of warehouses, uh, in the usual sort of way, uh, about, like, three or four rows into this warehouse facility, uh, there's just a, like, rubble, uh, and a giant, like, recently formed, a scrape through the ground of what you can intuit is probably, uh, the ship trying to land mm-hmm. uh, and taking out a bunch of forest and this abandoned town along with it. Sure. Uh, you don't immediately see uh, anything uh, around, but like you bring up your heat scan again and there's definitely a energy signature of some kind like in here. You still can't really tell anything about it, but like it's here. Is it big? Like, No, like again, like it's not mech big. It's like, you know, uh, I would say, like, equipment big of some kind. It's, like, maybe a couple feet by a couple feet kind of deal. And, like, you Mm. can't tell specifically or even precisely where it is, but, like, you're picking it up. It's It's something in that size. So what's your approach here? Hmm. I think... I'm not getting out... I'm definitely not getting out of mech because, you know, anything could go wrong at any time. Um, (laughs) And so I think what happens is that uh, we bring Volk around, and it's like, oh, she's just going to try to see if she can see, it's like an old, it's an old uh, factory warehouse, there's probably like skylights and shit, right? Yeah. Try to actually get eyes on the thing. Yeah, okay. Um, so, what is it, what is it you're doing here? So you're trying to get eyes on the skylight, go jumping around your mech, um... So are you doing, like, I guess, hmm, I should probably figure this out ahead of time. Is this going to be a mech action or a pilot action? Like, Let's are you make doing it a mech s- action, because that's where I do my best. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I think what it's going to be is I'm going to try to fudge this into a maneuver role by saying she's actually going to uh, basically climb the mech up on top of the uh, the factory to look down into, through the, uh, like, the old busted out skylights. I'm willing to give you that. I think it's still going to be risky standard, and sure. obviously the the consequences and effects will shift accordingly. But I think we get the scene of Volk jumping, you know, from building to building. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, critical success. God damn. Oh, no. I am so Holy afraid shit. of what's going to happen. We have to, we have to hold these many. back. It's too many. <laughs> this is bad um, luck. Yeah, fuck, what does this look like? Okay, well, critical success. First off, uh, I think we're going to fill the area intel clock uh, cool. for what's important. Because I think what happens here... Uh, so that's like, I'm giving that Vortex, like that's full full, uh, that's done. Um, and what happens here is you spot it. And, uh, like just from a skylight, uh, probably someone, uh, there's no one, you like, I think what happens is Volk jumps, is like jumping from one building to another, uh, sees the thing, which is like this big, uh, I also want to call it like combination, like computer console and like power generator kind of mm-hmm. deal. Like it looks like a portable workshop almost, mm. not something that would be here by default, especially yeah. because it appears to be active. And I feel like it just, Volk just drops through the skylight into this factory and just lands <laughs> right near it. Cool. Um, nothing around, but this thing is on and it's obvious that who or whatever is using it is around. You're still not picking up any mech like signatures though. Okay. Um, do you want to keep going with the scene? Like, do you have another thing that you want to do right now or do we want to cut back? No, I think the only thing that, uh, Red is going to do is again, patch into, uh, to boss's comms and say, uh, hey, I found like a weird mobile workshop in Termite. And I don't, I can't tell who it belongs to. I don't know if that's a thing you guys would like to know, but I'm going to I'm gonna check it out. I would very much like to know that. Be careful. Absolutely. All right. So, we're getting back to the, uh, the, um, the negotiating room on board, uh, this ship. Uh, it's kind of, like I've described, it's kind of like an onboarding room for people who are coming in. It's, like, pretty empty. There's some seats. Uh, I think a I think what happens is first, uh, someone, no, no one comes in a table. What you get is it's this person who you saw over comms earlier, and I'm putting their icon on the thing. Ooh. Uh, this, this lady uh. shows up, and she's like, Ooh. uh, alright, we, are you with the, those, those, uh, morning glory fuckheads or whoever? What's your deal? Uh, for <clears throat> another, oh, go ahead. Oh, so. Go ahead, boss. <laughs> I am Captain Pfeffer Humboldt, representing Task Force Forget-Me-Not of Royal Blue. We are here to secure the freedom of your hostages. Uh-huh. She, she is, like, already visibly annoyed with you, but, like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, we still have the three of them. I guess they called in... They call in reinforcements for this, really? Fuck. Okay. Look, what we're doing is we are repairing the ship so that we can leave. If you want these folks to, you know, leave here in one piece, either you're going to help us fix our ship, or you're going to convince one of them to help us fix our ship so we can get the hell out of here. So, okay, first off, one of our mission parameters is that we can't, like promise any promise that our faction will give them anything right what you can't do is you can't you can't promise them that that royal blue or the chrysanthemum or the carnation crown or anything like that will see to any of the demands but you are like you're welcome to negotiate with them 
as the Forget-Me-Nots, or even as Morning Glory, if you run it by uh, your contact, uh, who is up there uh, in the portraits. Okay. Um, but, like, you can't, like, promise them, like, you can't do any, like, oh, hey, we, we have, like, say, secret prisoners uh-huh. over in the capital that we can give you. Or, the, or, like, you can't be, like, Coronation Crown won't fire on you because, like, you might not, but, like, if another squad of yours shows up, they might. Right. Kind of deal. Okay. Um, well, I think rather than just uh, saying that directly off of the bat, um, uh, Pfeffer is going to open with, well, I think that traditionally hostage negotiations open with verification of the present safety of the hostages. Okay, it sounds like you're trying to convince her to do something. Yep. Uh, yeah, alright, do we want to do, like, this, this This sounds like sway to me, off the off the cuff, or, Let's yeah, because you're trying, just... you're, you, you might negotiate better ceasefire terms, is one of the that examples. Does, yeah, that does sound yeah. like what that is, yep. <laughs> um, yep. so what I'll give you here is, I think this will still, uh, be risky standard, uh, normally, mm-hmm. like, I think in a normal negotiation it'd be more controlled, but like we've gone over, there's like extenuating circumstances. <laughs> uh, right. They're probably still not super thrilled to be dealing with you, even in this non-violent context. Okay. So yeah, give me a risky standard sway. Okay, I've got one dot in sway. I could push myself, but also, um, if like one of you wanted to assist me, that could yeah give a boost. Oh, also assist. if mm-hmm. also if you happen to think of. If at any point you think of a good condition for a collateral die, which is this game's equivalent of the uh, Devil's Bargain, uh, feel free to mention them. All these forms of assistance are not mutually exclusive, so you could theoretically, on a roll, receive aid and push yourself and take a collateral dice. Okay, so do either of you you two want to assist me? Because basically what I'm doing is I'm trying to do some negotiations, and I know that both of you are also, like... Talking people. What, so if- what what assisting looks like in this system, and I'm not going to get too deep into the mechanics because it's layered into a bunch of other shit. But for right now, uh, since all of you have one connection with each other, what this means is that assisting someone costs you one stress, and you can give them one benefit, which is either an extra dice, a uh, better uh, situation, or a better effect. Sounds good. It sounded like uh, uh, that uh, Stiletto was gonna. See if uh, if she could assist, or I could if not. Uh, I've got two sway. I don't know if the amount makes. Oh, the amount doesn't on... matter. You just have oh, to okay. like how you're assisting in this in in his sway roll. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> oh shoot! Sorry, this is the first time I have to do something. Uh... Yeah, no sweat. And you don't have to again. Like this doesn't have to be an action. You can just like be like, uh, I am assisting him by doing this, and that's fine. And you just spend the stress. Oh, okay. Like, as long as it makes, you know, as long as you're not, like, pulling... As long as you're not pulling shit out of your ass, uh, yeah, like, course. basically uh, anything's fine. <laughs> yeah, Gabrielle will just uh, chime in and go, it's like, alright, yes, let's start off on the right foot, see, you know, where the chips are. Okay. Cute. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's fine. That's uh, so it's just yeah, the so one you, stress. You, so you spend one stress, and then you tell me uh, what you're giving Pfeffer here. Are you giving Pfeffer an additional die, a uh, better situation, so moving from risky to controlled, or better effect, so moving from standard to great? Um, oh, I yeah, let's move it from... Uh, from uh, Oh, you've only got one die? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'll give you uh, another die to get you up to my two square. That sounds good. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, so roll me your two dice for that. Okay. And oh, I got a six. Jesus. Oh no. Hey. Um, <laughs> no. Every time it happens, I'm afraid. Uh, so it's gonna be real bad. Yeah. It's gonna be bad. Okay. So uh, on this, on this uh, risky standard. So let me check what the uh, consequences of a not consequences, but the effects of a standard success look like. Um. The example it gives is really just like if there's a clock, it's two ticks. It doesn't have things for not clocks. I'm trying mm. not to overload oh, no. us with a bunch of uh, HP bars to keep track of. Uh, oh, here's the. Uh, I'm, it's just a, the action is a success. So what I think I'm going to say in this situation is that she's like, there's like a kind of sigh, like a like a little annoyed, still like not happy about it. It's like. Yeah, that's probably that's that's probably correct. Petal, can you go can you go get the the three and Petal's like, yeah, 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 and then rushes away. Um while you're waiting for him to come back with the prisoners, do any of you have any like questions you would want to ask her or try and like gather information yeah. or anything like that? I think I would like to ask uh so Giuseppe's like um I it's not my specialty, but my, my dad's a mechanic. Uh what's wrong with your ship? Um, and what she says here is, uh, I'm trying to think, because without getting too deep into techno babble, mm-hmm. what she basically explains to you is that there's a, uh, major propulsive part, like part of the engine or engines or the control mechanism for that, that is just completely fried. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's something that would either have to be like, have a replacement part sourced, uh, and installed, or like you have to do something like complicated to, uh, get it repaired and it's just like not a quick fix it's something that they can you know brute force but it will take a long enough amount of time that they are worried for their safety Mm. is kind is is what you get from her explanation and her like you know tone of voice as she's conveying this information and how long has this been going on you guys seem kind of like run ragged uh well normally we you know sleep at night but the the part blew out at like 1 a.m and like you know from being here that it is like nearly noon right now Mm -hmm. and they presumably did not sleep the night before so they're all like kind of on like hour 30 Mm -hmm. right now kind of deal um and so yeah she's like really i would just like to get this part handled before you know like i know y'all are willing or the negotiating party or whatever but it doesn't change the fact that the Morning Glory people attacked us first, and that at any rate, we're probably going to be attacked by more people if we spend a whole lot longer here. Yeah, um, I, I definitely understand your situation. And uh, we definitely want to come to a solution as well. Um, I'm sure you do, she says, uh, which in a way that you can tell clearly <laughs> does not believe you. Um, be- not because of you in particular, but because you're royal blue. <laughs> well. Uh, say, the, does anyone else want to uh, uh, keep con- like ask her anything or do you want to cut back to uh, Sarah for the moment? I uh, kind of. Oh, um. This is definitely a situation where Stiletto could potentially do some stuff. I'm okay. kind of waiting to get a little more leverage, I think. Yeah, so... You might have, I will say, you might have to make some leverage. That is uh, it, it is, as far as, like, you are not negotiating on neutral ground. You are negotiating right. in their ship. Right. And okay. you, you would know... I'll say that you would know well enough from whatever... Uh, 
like your your mission briefing, uh, any conversations that you might have had with, uh, you know, your contact of Colonel Niles Piccadilly, mm-hmm. uh, which you can also do flashbacks to at some point if you think of anything you'd want to know. But like you'd know enough to know that this ship is the danger here. It's not like there's right. like uh, you're not ex- actually expecting that there's going to be any honeybee mechs hiding out, even though there could be. The danger here is the ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm, hmm. I think I've done my power move. I'm ready to, like, sit back and wait for things to unfold before I do something else. Okay, so let's jump back to, uh, Red. Uh, oh. you are currently in this factory of Vulturesland here a minute ago. Uh, there's this on, uh, kind of computer terminal, uh, thing. Uh, you don't, like, it's not like you see footsteps leading away or whatever dumb shit, but, like, it's the kind of thing where you have a reasonable suspicion that there is someone or someones else here. Okay. So, what are you doing right now? Um, I think... Mm. Okay. So, what... What Red does is she flips a switch inside the cockpit to turn on like the external speakers uh, in this in on the the mech and says, uh, "I don't know who's here, but this is an experimental kitted the fuck out royal blue mech. So you either show yourself or." Uh, I start breaking things. God, Damn. Okay. <laughs> Incredible. It, it sounds to That's me... That's a command. <laughs> yeah, I was say, that sounds to me like command. Um, I'm still going to give you a, ris- a risky... S- wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How many, st- uh, how many stress is it to push myself, by the way? I forgot. Uh, I, I believe two okay. uh, to push yourself in any I'm situation. Gonna, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, okay. Um... Are you, I believe by default you push yourself for an extra dice, but I think mm-hmm. in this system you might actually be able to change, uh, you might be able to change effect or circumstance gonna, by pushing yourself. I'm just going to take the extra dice because I've only got okay, one that's fine. command. Yeah, okay, so you're commanding, um, you're not spending any gear or anything on this, yeah. right? Okay, yeah, so it would be that command, uh, risky, standard, yeah. Got a four. Okay, a mixed success on a risky standard. So let me go over what this looks like um let me think here oh that's the wrong pdf uh there we go uh consequences so for mixed mixed success consequences uh it's just risky there's some fun there's some fun things here um hmm so I think what happens is uh, you say this and do we have any clocks that this would be good for? No, I'd probably make a new one. So I think what happens here is I'm going to go ahead and start a new clock and we're going to call this one... Uh, we're going to call this one Stranger. Okay. Um, and we're going to say this is another uh, six-step clock, just for cleanliness. Uh, I'm going to mark that two because of your uh, 
the success part. Uh, you know someone's here, and you know they're here because, like, after you say that, like, you hear uh, what is the sound of, like, someone in a different room in this uh, blown-out factory. Like, you, you hear the sound of something, like, falling over. Like a, mm. like a heavy object. Um, you might even hear, like, a faint, like, shit kind of deal. <laughs> uh, you know someone's here, uh, even though you can't pinpoint exactly where. Um, and for the consequences of this, uh, this is going to be a two things happen consequence, I think. Um, because it's going to be, uh, instead of doing a single risky consequence, I have the option of doing two controlled consequences. Yeah, fun. Um, so what I think is going to happen here is first, uh, there's scene cutaway. Uh, there's, uh, we get like a shot of the, uh, the forests kind of around the area, like, you know, several dozens, maybe even a hundred kilometers out. And you see these, uh, indistinct black shapes, like quickly move through part of the forest. Mm. I am going to move, I am going to tick the, uh, mystery eight step clock again once. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing I'm going to do is after you say this, uh, part of the like, uh, roof of the, uh, of the, factory you jump through and the mech that you're still in uh actually collapses and a large like part of rebar or or like reinforcement from the roof actually like lodges in the mech's shoulder oh like, damn just strikes Vulcanhund out of oh, from from just like the how how falling apart this place is yeah and you're going to take a level one damage to the machine sure Unless and obviously, resist. you have a okay. ability where you could turn this into you harm if you prefer. <laughs> mm, that's a pretty small one, although. Um, and also, uh, I can I'm resist. Going, uh, yeah, you you can res you can uh, resist it, but for mechs, resisting isn't spending stress. It's you spend a certain amount of mech quirks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's pretty costly in that way. Um, the other thing is that in this. How I've heard other people do it, and how I'm going to do it for this, just so there's less confusion, is that, like, so, you know how you have two level one harms and two level two harms? Mm -hmm. It's, um, you take the consequence for the first one of those you get, but they don't stack. So you will only get less effect oh. once, you'll only get minus one die once, but oh. you get it as soon as you get one of the harms in that bar. Okay. You don't, you don't have to fill up both. That makes sense. That's much better, though, That because it means it's not really, like, following you around as often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. That's not so bad. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take it for this one. Okay. Because um, it's just the one and it's a small thing and we'll uh we'll see what happens as we go. So, yeah, so and so this big, this this big chunk of roof from all the thing, like it damages the shoulder. You probably feel it a little bit based mm -hmm. on like, you know, everything you've kind of indicated about this mech. There's probably a degree like you're like you wince and you like your shoulder curls inward a bit, even yeah. though but like you feel fine after. Sure. But you you, you know that uh that Volk just took a hat. Yeah, um knows. is she do you have like, a immediate follow up? She pats the console and is like, I'm real sorry, baby. Just hold <laughs> together, we'll get out of here soon. <laughs> Um, so do you have an immediate follow-up to this? Like, you know there's someone else in here, um, and that the building is also kind of, uh, ramshackle. Uh, they were, they were doing something here with some strange device that you don't immediately recognize. Mm-hmm. Um. 
she actually stays on her voice comms and says, See? This place is liable to come down any minute now. Okay. <laughs> um, That's more of a are... sway, I think. Now, see, that I think in most parts that would be a sway. However, there is a intimidating uh, effect to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me look. Uh, my instinct for this is sway, um, but what I'll say is that sway would be a risky great, but command would be a risky standard. Okay. Depending how you want to swing it is what it, oh. is what I think my uh, thing is here because it do, it is more you're trying to compel him to do something you want through manipulating his or their emotions. Um, but like command does also have an intimidate, like an aspect of intimidation to it too. So I could see that as well. It's just like you're not necessarily speaking from a place of authority. (laughs) You're speaking from a place of the threat of violence. (laughs) Right. Uh, I think I'm just gonna try command again. I think I'm just gonna Uh, try command. You're in the autocracy faction, so not much. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you rolling? Uh, I think I'm gonna do command. Okay, so it's going to be a risky standard on the command uh, to do that. Oh, that's a that one. Is a, that is a one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it had to happen eventually, y'all. Yeah, it had yeah. to happen eventually on a risky standard of one a one to three, as in Blades of the Dark, is an abject failure of consequence. Absolutely. So uh, what happens is you do not hear him again, um, but for the risky consequence, um, what's a good thing here? I don't want to just like keep doing building damage to Volk either. Sure. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel great about that. But right. you know, I have my 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 deck of cards here. Basically, mm-hmm. um, what I'll say is I'm going to do two controlled consequences again. Uh, I think it's a scene of like you make this threat, wait here for a while. Some building. Some there's some like building collapse. You know, but like nothing. Like you. Are mindful, you stand in the part of the ceiling that already is clear mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, so nothing's falling on you. I, I think, well, I know the first co- controlled consequence here is that you move to a worse position. Okay. Um, I think uh, because of the, like, you're not hearing any response, but you have also, like, you had an idea briefly of where this person was because you heard a sound, but they could be anywhere right now because yeah. the building isn't, like, that, that big, and you, you know, your own line of vision is restricted mm-hmm. and all. So I'm going to say this is uh, continuing to act in this specific position is probably going to become desperate. Sure. Um, the other thing I will say is, so this is going to be a continuation on that as part of the, another controlled consequences is that the chance for that chosen action to work has passed. Okay. A different action must be used to overcome the obstacle. So you're not going to be, you are realizing that aside from this building becoming untenable in the near future, uh, because of all the structural damage, uh, you're not going to be able to scare this dude out, uh, just by, you know, being, uh, bossy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so while we're here, yeah, so we're going to cut back to the interior of the ship. Still this, uh, room, uh, this enemy leader is here, uh, who you have not identified aside from being probably some person of authority with this crew. Um, there's also another armed guard who's like in face obscured uniform or whatever. And then, uh, a pedal comes back, uh, with a third armed guard and three, uh, pilots in tow. 
And you can tell immediately from looking at them, based on the descriptions that you got in your briefing and that you can see on the little map here, uh, there's one who is a kind of tall, average-built average, average built, uh, elf man who's uh, kind of doesn't doesn't seem to be super keyed in. Uh, just <laughs> it's ha- it seems to be having a grand old time, which is weird considering the, the circumstance. Um, <laughs> there, there's a there's a bulk in like a very formal uh, helmet who is uh, uh, looking around kind of uh, somberly, uh, not really uh, portraying a whole lot of expression. And there's a, a human girl who I would describe as looking kind of like Kim Pine a little bit, uh-huh. like okay. a bit like a bit stocky, very uh, pouty looking. Uh, very not thrilled to be here, and kind of. Uh, I think you actually hear the tail end of her shit talking. Uh, one of the guards. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if I wasn't in handcuffs, buddy, watch out. And uh, <laughs> looks back at you like, who are, who the hell are you? Real quick before we dig into this, I don't think we've talked about the Boak on air at all. So, oh yeah, like- you're right. I, I should have described them. Uh, because we, I think we brought them up maybe in like the the patreon origins episode but i haven't described them yet for the thing um i have them they're sort of a broad thing written as their uh the appearance is kind of like uh mole bat lemur people a little bit uh they're uh kind of our fantasy settings equivalent of what i think owen you termed as we folk which is sort of like a goblins halflings gnomes kind of deal uh they are from underground (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, but otherwise, for the most part, they are uh, completely normal citizens of Grand Tycoon, like you or me. And they're adorable. Um, well, this one, this one would probably take some umbrage to be adorable. <laughs> he, he seems like kind of the uh, the of as far as the bulk equivalent of a human-looking person goes. He's got kind of a uh, fucking. Uh, Who's the actor that plays fucking Wolverine and all those movies? Hugh Jackman. He has kind of a Hugh Jackman vibe a little <laughs> yeah. of like Bowks though. Okay. So he's a, he's a, he's a Hugh, Hugh Jackman of Le- of Lemur Molebat people. Cool. Um, but yeah, these three, and obviously you can ask them for their you know names or call signs or whatever. But by all appearances, they match the descriptions uh, that were provided for you. And uh, this little uh, the pouty the pouty one is like. Did 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 Piccadilly send you? Really? He didn't come himself? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, this is uh <laughs> probably not the best way to get introduced, but uh yes, we are a consulate squad. This Great. is we're, prof- we're we are specialists. Yes, we're uh, working under the direct orders of Colonel Piccadilly. Great. Yeah, cool. All right. That it's us, and she kind of shrugs like she's trying to raise her hands, but you can tell they are handcuffed behind her back, yes. so she is not able to. Um, so they don't look like they've been tortured, for one thing. Mm-hmm. No, like they're they're like being kept in bindings and have probably been kept in a like in separate rooms, like you would assume, like kept in separate rooms, like kind of usual things. But like they have not been tortured or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. uh, actually, you know, I will say is uh, the Ramona Flowers-looking one. She might have a black eye, but you assume that's not. You can assume <laughs> based on her demeanor and the fact that there's only one mark that it's because she tried to pick a fight with someone <laughs> while handcuffed. Okay. Um, I um. Let's. I see. have a couple. Now, I have a question for you, Saturn. Yeah. What's up? Uh, have I had a revealing interaction with both of my teammates or at least boss? 
Um, I mean, I it's been like, like it, I don't know what a revealing. Like, I don't know I, either. Like, I, I I think like if if the if it is consensual, we could say at some point it's happened since like you know the and not not in the you know the sex way. Yeah. I just mean like in the uh, players <laughs> talking about what their characters are and are like way. But like it's been I think uh like a week and a half, two weeks since mm-hmm. the squad officially formed. So I and you've probably done like training drills and whatever the hell else. So I think I feel um, like if it's your team, you can say yeah. What I'm but. what I'm asking really is, can I use telepathy? Or do we want to wait until, like, we're closer for that to happen? Yeah, I kind of liked the idea of, like, it of us not being that close right now. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like this especially is a, boss yeah. boss is kind of stuffy and a noble a little bit. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he's been keeping his distance. Mm-hmm. Uh right. just like professionally. Right. Um so yeah, probably not boss, though obviously uh Gabrielle is nearby and if you've had some kind of revealing interaction with Gabrielle in the last week and a half. Uh, yeah, like I it's <laughs> so I don't funny. Believe so, I don't but... think so either. <laughs> <laughs> so if, Le- if Levi says no, then no. You probably can't. You probably can't telepathy with anyone. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so now I have to decide whether or not that changes what I want to do. Um, so, like, <laughs> so here's what I want to do out of character is just I would like to offer to help repair their ship, like they asked, uh, so that I can get a read on the ship itself. Possibly, like, do like a survey type of thing. And, I mean, they're, uh, they're, I, I think that's definitely like. Yeah. I don't think you have to do a role to be like, "Hey, I want to help repair the ship," because you're like, uh, "Oh, good, someone's going to try and help repair the fucking ship." Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, doing the thing where you try and like so. covertly gather info in the process of getting to the thing you're trying to repair. Uh, also worth noting, you have no points in engineer. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, does, uh, does any of us have any points in engineer? I know. I, I know what no. a Phillips Arabella head does. I know. <laughs> So, ah, great. Uh, like, I, I have recently decided that uh, Giuseppe's dad is a mechanic, so Giuseppe knows how to hold a flashlight really well. Um, yeah. And, so, and, and what a Phillips head screwdriver is. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got an idea. So yeah. if they figure out what, what what part they need, maybe this is uh, maybe this is the old adverse employee thing saying, maybe we can get the part. And have it, like, Amazon primed over by drone. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. we just can't call on our higher powers to do this. This has That's to- the problem. It, de- it depends on the part. Is it something we can reasonably procure? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a fucking good question. Let's find uh, out. Yeah, so my thing is, if you would like... So, hmm, I'm trying to think. Because I, I don't know that, since you don't have engineering, I don't know that you would know, like, what the part... Like, you, she probably told you what the name of the part yeah, is. Yeah, I could probably... But I still have no idea. Yeah. You probably don't know, like, what it costs off the top of your head, or, like, what it looks like, or how it functions. But, like, what I'll say is, uh, it's a thing where... Uh, this is a situation also where I'll say, like, if you would like to call on an ally who might be in the area who would know a thing, that's a thing that everyone can do once per session... Nice. Uh, if you want to do a flashback where you were like, hey, we, we predicted they might have landed because they had engine trouble and we d- did some work to set a thing up, mm. like, maybe that could work. Uh, probably, uh, what I'll say is, like, it probably won't resolve that easily. It's just like, yeah, I spend a flashback and their ship is fixed kind of deal. Yeah. But, like, you have some options here that aren't just rolling actions. Uh, yeah. But 
I feel like I, any of those could work, depending on who wants to actually, like, say they're doing something and then roll it. <laughs> yeah, I think I would like to go with my original plan, uh, but the thing is, like, just being honest about, like, hey, I, I, I can hand you tools, I think. Um. <laughs> uh, I, the, the, woman, the woman you're talking to says, says, kid, we don't need anyone to hand I, us tools. We have robots for that. Well, you asked for help. <laughs> I asked for help, not presence. <laughs> you being there is not help. If anything, it might be hurt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I think at this point, like I've been, I've been sort of sitting back for a while and just sort of letting things progress. Mm-hmm. And um, so, okay. So for starters, um, so our here's the thing my, my part of like planning on how to do stuff has been slightly like hindered by the fact that like what we have been told to do is kind of dirty um <laughs> and i guess like, I'll, I'll, I'll remind yeah. i'll remind everyone since it's been like an hour or so since the episode started your main objective is just to rescue the morning glory pilots from right yeah these your secondary objective as suggested by your co which is means you don't have to do this but it would be good if you did and we'd get something out of it, to get is to try dirt. and find an excuse to kick the honeybee's asses while you're at it. Right. And the thing that was specifically suggested to you is, quote-unquote, finding some evidence of criminal malfeasance or whatever, so you can justify, like, getting the VIPs out and then turning around and bombarding the ship. Mm. Right. Um, so There's also the rule of engagement, no unprovoked violence, which I love because they want us to provoke violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So- <laughs> I'm, the I'm CEO not... is, is instructing you to provoke violence. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm going. To, I'm going to say right here and now. I don't think it's necessarily in Pfeffer's nature to like, um, be that specific kind of shitty necessarily. But he is also inherently distrustful of these folks. Um, yeah, that yeah, makes so. sense. You have bad beef with them specifically because Dragon Teeth killed your entire crew before. Yeah, like and two it, months like, ago. <laughs> right. Um. So. I'm thinking... That's what I was hoping to do with my survey role, was to possibly get some right, dirt on yeah. them as well. Yeah, so I think I think if... Um, hmm. I think if you, I think also, like, for, while you are figuring out what you're going to say, I think if, at this point, because like, you've admitted that you have no engineering skill, if you find some other way to convince them that you could be of help, I feel like that avenue hasn't been closed off. It's just, they don't need someone to hold a flashlight for them, yeah. is what they're getting right. at. Okay, well. so, alright. Oh, uh, did you have a proposal? Yeah, maybe uh, Gabrielle just asked, is like, well, how can we help you get out of here? Uh, like I said, you can either fix the ship, find something to fix it, uh, maybe like maybe make sure no one's going to you know come and try and kill us while we're fixing it. But I'm sure that that's not really in the cards. She says uh, not knowing not knowing anything about your rules of engagement, but uh-huh. having reasonable. But again, knowing what the royal blue position on pirates is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's reasonable. And she's like, so whatever you can actually do for me and show me that you can do for me, like in the immediate now, is great. I'm not going to tri- I'm not going to uh give up my 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 position here for some pretty words. I think that is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> um 
I'm so good at pretty I, words. Well, uh, he, I, well, here's what I'm saying. This, again, this is this is what I'm saying to you. But yeah. if you want to put the thing of Gabrielle basically framing pretty words as a more concrete, real thing than it is, that is still a thing you can do. <laughs> like that is not me telling you you can't yeah. do that. I just mean like there might be consequences depending on what it is you promise or uh, what how it is you phrase it or whatever. Yeah, Gabrielle has no uh, knowledge or interest of mechanical issues, so she's so so yeah. I think she'll like turn to humble. You can also lie. Like she I mean, can't like, see your character sheet. You can also lie about being a tech wiz, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, but then I would have to help them, and that would give the ghost up pretty yeah. quick. Okay, so I think I've got what my you got, basic. I've got. My plan of attack in place, uh, which is like, while I am not surprised that Dragon Teeth is not interested in diplomacy, I think that we might be able to provide some material aid. However, this will require us to have a look at what needs fixing. So, I believe that if you allow my two squad members here to investigate the problem parts or whatever you would call it technically um and i will stay here and we can continue hashing out the plans of this agreement okay um give me a this sounds like a sway to me still okay. uh go ahead and give me that with like a i think this is still like risky standard probably um okay because I, I will also say like unlike blades there is a component to this where like consequences are not necessarily just like oh no you are you are physically put in danger for a thing mm-hmm. like it can also be there's a degree which like one of the things we haven't got to yet is that harm that you take can be emotional harm like right. it's that kind of thing so <laughs> okay so it's risky but like the consequences might not be like immediate threat to your life kind of thing you know okay yeah i am going unless someone else wants to help me um i'm going to uh push myself uh, I, I would, I think, like, the swaying that I could do would be, like, just, like, Okay, back- you don't have to, you don't yeah. have to frame it as, like, an action, you just have to frame it, like, how you're helping him do this. Yeah, so... It's, like, you don't have to be, like, this is my sway, you can just be, like, here's what I say that, that drives this point home. And that's fine. Okay. You know? I'm to, like, I mean, if you want us to be able to help you, we have to see what the part is since we don't know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to yeah. me. Um, okay. So, uh, cool. spend one stress. Uh, are you giving him an extra die, a better effect, or better circumstance? What do you want? I've just got the one die, so I wouldn't mind the bonus. Like, yeah. The, the, the ability to crit would be nice. Okay, two. Two dice now. Okay, then. All right. And I got a five. Yay! A five, so on a risky standard. So that's going to be... Um, you're going to get what you want, and there's going to be a risky consequence of some kind. Um, what I think is, is she, she again kind of groans and it's just like, all right, uh, you're sending, uh, and then she points at Golden Boy and Stiletto. You're sending these two, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, uh, pedal, stem, take them back. I'll talk with this guy. And the two of the, the crew members kind of nod and like lead you two, uh, go to take the lead you two deeper into the ship. Um, okay. And exit the room. Uh, the consequence here for risky consequence. Um, oh, nope. I know what it is. I know what it is. Okay. So we are going. So what happens is you've got there. Uh, so your two leave the room, but also her two armed guards leave the room. Mm-hmm. So it's like her, uh, who is free, 
you who is free and then like three chained up prisoners basically right and like she like you know calls to have someone else come in but like they're on the way and fucking uh the hothead uh prisoner who you would identify as eureka which is her mm-hmm. call sign mm-hmm. uh she's like she like not quietly enough just looks at you like, well, let's fucking kick her ass. Come on. Now's the time. And she like <laughs> goes to start like shoulder charging her. Uh, right. And it's just sort of pushed back and falls on her ass. Uh, but like, there's, uh. like there's, there's like a moment where you have the opportunity to do something if you're going to, but it's still like, uh, I'm going to start a clock and tick it uh, once. And that clock is a four step clock that is Eureka gets in trouble. <laughs> gotcha. okay. um, oh, well, I love gonna... her. Can we keep her? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So first off, would I know what her like rank or title is? Is um, it just pilot? The person, you're, the person you're talking to or the person oh, who U- you're... Eureka. Um, you would know she's probably like a, uh... Like a private? What's just a... What's, I said, what's just above a private? Like a uh, lieutenant or a... No, Ensign's like the naval oh. thing. I think it's like a lieutenant, maybe. So she's okay. probably like a lieutenant. Okay, then. Um... And this Eureka Trouble Clock is Vortex. I forget if mention Uh, private, right. corporal, sergeant... Oh, corporals rank two. Fuck. Uh, oh wait, no. I get the other one. Colonel. Colonel Niles Peculiarly. Yeah. She's a corporal. Yeah. yeah. She's okay. she's cor- she's corporal Eureka. Okay, yeah. It go- apparently, it goes like private, private second class, private first class, special. Yeah, I ain't fucking all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Um, he is going to turn to her and say, "Corporal, you tried to kick their asses before, and you damn well failed. Let's see if talking will solve the problem." <laughs> and I'm going to good, try good, good. and uh, use command to just like make her sit down and not cause problems anymore. <laughs> um, I will just, I will just. Uh, oh, you know what? Yeah, give me a command for this. Uh, this is. Uh, we're going to call it. I think appropriately, we're going to call it controlled limited. Okay. All right then. I'm going to do that, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to roll my two dice. I'm not pushing myself just yet. Oh no! I got oh, no. a three. A one of three. So for a, uh, so for a three on a controlled roll, um, what this is, is, um, you are, there's a moment of hesitation. Either you don't do this, like you just say it, but it doesn't mean anything and the scene continues, or you push on, but the situation becomes riskier. Hmm. Um, and so what I'll, what I'll say here is like, uh, you'll, what I'll say here is you'll get her to calm down momentarily. At the risk of making her uh, maybe more volatile in the long run. Hmm. Um. I'm. I'm down for that. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Let's okay, let's do short term cool. solutions. <laughs> okay. Cool. So what I'm going to do is you do this, and she like kind of like she got knocked flat on her ass, and she like kind of like growls trying to like stand up, but she can't prop herself up with her arms, and so she's kind of like just kind of dejectedly like takes the L, uh, it's so to speak. <laughs> So we're going to actually set that clock back down to zero, but we're going to go ahead and make another one that is uh, Eureka Mad. Uh, <laughs> Eureka uh, Mad is <laughs> And we're going to call that one a four-step clock as well, and that gets ticked one. So it moves from one to the other. Um, so, what the, so what that'll be is... Um, in the future, doing this might have more uh, risks associated with it. Uh, gotcha. Probably a worse position instead of controlled, and like probably more consequences for if you fail trying to keep her in check. 
Um, but, and the, what the clock fill is just going to be is like, there is a point here. If that fills, she is just going to stop listening to you. Okay. Um, right. so what I'll say is, uh, as you know, uh, uh, red is kind of in this factory figuring shit out and the others are being let down. What's your like last, like kind of point of attack for, or last for the moment point of attack for, uh, this enemy leader, uh, before we like take an episode break. Um, I think that, so, right, um, so, do you want me to, like, say it, I guess? Hey, say whatever, or roll whatever, or do whatever, you tell me. (laughs) Um, I think that after, um, he, like, you know, says that to Eureka, he turns back to the leader, and, uh, he says, of course, I hope you realize, by the fact that we came here in our mechs proves that if this deal you are setting up is somehow duplicitous, which is something that I know from first-hand experience is something that the Dragon Teeth is capable of to fatal effect, then we are more than capable of dealing with this in other ways. Are you are you just trying to gauge her response, or are you actually trying to do some like a role thing here, or are you um, just seeing her how she responds like naturally? I, you know what I think I am. I could use this as like an intimidation thing, but this honestly sounds more like a either study or survey, which I have equal dots in actually. Um, I was to say, yeah. How about um. Because I'm gonna, I want to like see, like judge by her reaction, like you know, try I and figure be, out if I can. So I guess what my question hand. for you is: Are you trying to get a sense of the situation broadly, or are you trying to get a sense of her? Uh, why not her? Because she's the person I'm in the room with. Okay, you can give me a study for that. Okay, and I and will go ahead and say this is uh, similarly a uh, risky standard. Uh, okay, you know, high tensions, that kind of deal. Okay, and I am actually going to push myself for this one. Up to okay, um, presumably just taking an extra die? Yes. Okay. Six. And I got a six! Hey! hey a six. Um, so what she says here, and what we'll do is, we'll go ahead and tick, uh, for the success part of this, we're going to tick mm-hmm. the uh, uh, honeybee's vulnerability uh, thing uh, from two to four. So it's at four nice. or six now mm-hmm. uh, from your standard success. And what she says to you is, um, um, so what's the point specifically you're driving home? The fact that you can resist, the fact that you're like, that you know that they're, that they're capable of some shit. The fact that that I'm, the fact that I am like onto them, I guess. And I guess specifically the idea of I am suspicious of you, I'm suspicious of you, and if my suspicions are confirmed, then I have the means to like, get nasty yeah we can do this the easy way or the hard way we're doing yeah, the easy yeah. way first and you better yeah <laughs> i think what she says in as many words is you don't have anything to worry about you don't have anything to worry about from us and there's very clearly like a kind of like unintentional double meaning there mm. where a she thinks you are the more untrustworthy party like just de facto she she thinks she has more to worry about from you than you do from her but also there's a degree to which like there's kind of a again you get the sense that she feels like she's on the back foot here as much as she is like conveying you know being in control like 
you do have the like she is in an advantageous position in this little 10 kilometer by 10 kilometer square but mm-hmm. you still have her against the rope basically right and that's the sense you get from her i think as we tick the clock and like that's an unqualified success there's no consequences or anything to that okay um, cool yeah and so you get the sense that she is what i'll also say is because it was kind of the thing of what you're asking you get the sense that she is not like secretly planning to betray you or anything she is in every respect trying to negotiate in good faith but she is negotiating in good faith with someone who she doesn't think is doing the same mm. if that makes any sense gotcha. oh, yeah. and okay. i think that is where we'll cut the episode for now cool. um tune in next time where we continue uh, our crew the forget-me-nots foray debut into the rust valley negotiating a hostage situation with some beleaguered pirates uh next time on big gay nerds Ooh. big gay nerds is made possible by our patreon supporters we would like to give special thanks to Alexander Messick, Calvin Cox, Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Giraffe Scarves, Jack Toops, Jarnope, John the Book Hoarder, Lori Dean, M.C. Ferdandi, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Thor Holmquist, and Trash Hime. If you would like to join their ranks and gain access to special content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word on social media. We're at Big Gay Nerds Cast on Twitter and just Big Gay Nerds on Tumblr and Facebook.